It's your American patriot, DJ Drew Shelton. With insight and analysis of today's rapidly shifting world, we welcome you to the Jewess Patriot Show. Talk Radio's premier Jewish activist, Cindy Gross. Featuring exclusive interviews with today's top newsmakers and trendsetters. Remember, you don't have to be Jewish to be with Cindy. And now, coming from our WGBB studios in the tri-state area, your Jewess patriot, Cindy Gross. Hello, this is Cindy Gross, host of the Jewess Patriot Welcome to the show today. We are so excited today because not only are we being featured on WGBB Radio, 102.4 AM, 95.9 FM. We are streaming worldwide on Spotify and iHeart, Apple Podcast, Podbean, and out of Jerusalem through Jewish Podcast. But we're also now featured on the YouTube channel on the WGBB station. And now... You can listen and watch wherever you want. We are so excited with today's show. It's actually my first show in three years where I have a guest come back to back two weeks. Sid Mandelbaum is here, a local Long Island, New York, and national figure, because we have so much to discuss. And I also want to talk to you about what is upcoming on future shows With this new format, we're going to have live guests, and we're going to have some of you, our followers, in studio. So stay tuned for all the details. As many of you know, I open each and every show with my pearls of wisdom because I am Zisel Peril. That means sweet pearl in Yiddish. And as always, the Freshwater Pearl Company sponsors my pearls of wisdom. This week, my pearls of wisdom are talking about change. Do you accept change well, or do you accept what is given to you? Do you look for change, or are you happy with the status quo? So I want to talk to you a little bit about what has now happened because a lot of social media has taken place. Now, every day, if you go on a calendar, there are loads of holidays to celebrate besides back to school and the first day of fall later this month. For example, we have Baby Safety Month and Classical Music Month, Life Insurance Awareness Month, National Chicken Month, National Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, National Cholesterol Month, National Guide Dog Month, National Honey Month, which we'll talk about later as I talk about Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year, because honey is such a important part of having a sweet year and about a positive change. National Literacy Month, and we even have National Book Days, which I will talk about as well. National Menopause Month, National Piano Month, National Prostate Health Care Month, National Recovery Month, National Suicide Prevention Month, Pain Awareness Month, and we also have National Potato Month, National Rice Month. We have days like Women's Friendship Day, and we have days like World Coconut Day. 
talk to people like a pirate day, International Day of Peace, World Tourism Day, International Podcast Day. That's on September 30th. And everybody in my field and that every listener should appreciate that. The list goes on and on. We also want to talk about, as I said before, the first day of fall, back to school, new work changes, change of clothing, New York Fashion Week, which I will be at and share a lot of details on my social media, live backstage with the designers and front row with the celebrities. Well, I just gave you a whole list of things to think about. Wow. The question is, are you going to accept all those opportunities for change? Are you going to go call a doctor and ask about your pain level and find out if you fit within the realms of healthy pain or not? Or are you going to have fun with something like National Bee Day and join the Jewish people around the world to make honey cakes or some tea? Or it's a great time to visit some of those great places where uh, they make honey. Or National Chicken Month it is. Try a new chicken recipe. It's as simple as that to make a change and to participate in a timely activity. For Jews around the world, we have an added bonus. We get to make resolutions for this time of year. Will we live Will we die? Will we live in sickness or in health? Will we be good with our friends and neighbors and family? Or will there be issues? And for all of us, like myself, who are watching what's going around the world, September is the beginning of election awareness. The politicians start coming out especially those running in 2023. And the change you can make right now is the most important change in your local community because mostly local elections are taking place. If you are not happy with the dirt on your streets, with people who look suspicious walking around that never looked you know, like they belong there before and you never saw them, if you're unhappy with the price of gas, If you're very concerned about your favorite restaurant staying open because they just can't afford to stay open any longer. If you're tired of going to the supermarket and watching condiments like ketchup, mustard, mayonnaise, salad dressing go up every time 50 cents, 75 cents. The sales are less and less in these supermarkets or even better. Are you worried about every store around you closing? Because they have absolutely no control over their inventory because of the crime rates, whether it's ice cream or ice on your finger, as in jewelry. It's up to you to make the change. Get involved. Go to your schools and see what they're teaching. See who's in the classrooms. See what books they're reading. Go to your libraries and see what books they're taking in and what activities they're offering. You deserve it. You're an American. You work hard for your money. You appreciate this country. At least I hope most of us still do. 
everybody I talk to that's a legal tax-paying American still loves America. And most importantly, make the changes you need to be a better you. There is so much out there for you. And even if you're happy and perfect and don't want change, look around a little bit. Maybe you can enhance somebody who isn't as happy as you. So September is for Jews, our new year, Lashana Tova. I am going to be taking off the next month because we have back-to-back holidays between Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, our day where we fast, and it's our Day of Atonement, followed by Sukkot, where you're going to see um, little uh, huts outside people's houses. That's such a fun holiday. And, of course, it culminates with Simchat Torah, where we got our Torah. And for me, honestly, the saddest day of the year for me is the day after Simchat Torah, because after a month of fun, prayer, family, faith, friends, food. It just is very sad the day after a whole month of that because this month we get to rethink and not be so selfish. And speaking of not being selfish, after the commercial, we will have Sid Mandelbaum, who is anything but selfish and wants to tell you about some innovative legislation he would like your help with and how you can get involved very simply in food distribution in your community. Welcome back. I am really excited. I think this is the first for the show that we have a guest on back-to-back shows. But Sid Mandelbaum is such an important part of Long Island in so many ways. And so many of you requested information about uh, Rock and Wrap It Up and about getting involved in a local way, whether or not you live on Long Island or whether or not you're participating in a local area where you live across the country. There were so many ways. We didn't even touch on the fact that Sid is responsible for helping create legislation throughout the years through his work of, uh, through uh, Rock and Wrap It Up. And he wants to talk a little bit about past legislation and about some ideas he has for future legislation because they've, they're made out of common sense ideas. They're developed through people working from, let's face it, both parties are very concerned about things like food donations and feminine hygiene and taking care of seniors. So I'm so glad that Sid uh, has joined us again, and he's going to be a big part of the show today because there is so much he could talk about. So again, Sid, thank you so much for being my first back-to-back guest in three years of the show. Thank you so much for having me, Cindy. Uh, so many people listen to uh, you and get inspired by so many great people that you've had on your show. <clears throat> we are a think tank. 
Uh, Rock and Wrap It Up started in 1990. Uh, we're starting our 34th year. And um, we're very proud of the fact that we've had thousands of uh, people from as young as four-year-olds to 84-year-olds find ways that they could help humanity. And uh, what we believe in uh, is a very simple four-word four uh, motto, think global, act local. And we have done that. The most important thing for me as a child of Holocaust survivors is to uh, make my parents proud that they survived and uh, to give birth to me and my sisters and to all other children of survivors. Uh, survivors had such a hard time. They lost all of their family, all their possessions. They didn't think they would live. But all of them felt that if they lived, they would like to have children to uh, go forward with the with the koyach, which is the strength that they brought to the world after the Holocaust. And uh, I have felt my whole life uh, indebted in, to my parents for surviving. And I feel that I owe them and all other survivors and all those who were killed, I owe them because we would not be here if it were not for them. And much of what I do is very much predicated on uh, my parents uh, living because they kind of needed less than the rest. Uh, if they uh, if they were uh, people that had big appetites, they would have died. My parents were uh, were very very frugal and humble, and I think that that added to this uh, the reason why they survived. My my mother, in her own way, kind of gave me uh, a little slap on the back, and my sisters too. When she once said to us, now my mom was 15 when she went into concentration camp. My mom said to us, you never would have survived. And she would say that to us after we would ask for seconds for dinner or food. And maybe she, she was kidding around saying it. But it really left an impression on me because I could understand her in so many ways. And when I had an opportunity of uh, getting involved in uh, fighting hunger and poverty, I, I really jumped at it. And uh, so much of what we do, as you mentioned earlier, is to find ways to fight hunger and poverty that are not just giving food to people, but to teaching other people how they can do the same. And in 19, uh, in, in 2007, 2007, my wife Diane did a survey and found that so many pantries and soup kitchens were in much more need of food. And the reason was that that was when, uh, baby boomers were becoming 60 years old. And many of them were not wealthy, and they started taking a lot of food out of church pantries and, and soup kitchens, and it put a, a much larger strain on all of these facilities that were set up to feed the hungry. 
And it was around this time that uh, we brought on to our staff a young man who had just graduated Columbia. He was uh, the son of the first billionaire in America, a gentleman by the name of John Kluge. Uh, John Kluge owned Metromedia. And um, John's uh, son, John Jr., uh, did not have a career path. And I brought him on through one of my other board members, Chip James, who knew his mother. And I brought him on to work. And uh, I felt that he uh, had a huge network that I'd never had before. And the network was based on his father's donations of money. His father was the largest single donor for the United States Library of Congress, giving them $72 million in 2000 to update their facilities as a private donor. John himself had an office there that he worked in the summers as an intern. And uh, John said, Sid, let's go down to Washington. I want to introduce you to the librarian of Congress. We, we took a train down and uh, we uh, were sitting with the librarian of Congress. And he, uh, John told him what I did. And without blinking, he said, you know, we do over 200 events here at the Library of Congress each year. And uh, we can have up to 4,000 people here. And without missing a beat, I said, what do you do with your extra food? And all of a sudden, there was silence. It's like a deer in headlights. I don't know, but I could get back to you. I said, you don't have to get back to me. I can help you feed the hungry of Washington. There is a pantry not a mile away called D.C. Central Kitchens that works with Rock and Wrap It Up. And he said, I would love that to happen. But it gave me an idea saying, oh, my God, this is a federal building making all these events. Maybe we could pass or at least explore writing a law that says, if you're a federal building and you have food under your bailiwick, you really have to feed the hungry in the community that your building is based because that food is coming from taxpayer dollars. Well, we contacted a gentleman who we had worked with named Joel Berg. Joel Berg was a uh, uh, worked for the U.S. Department of Agriculture and uh, became a friend of mine. Uh, the Secretary of Agriculture at that time was Dan Glickman, uh, who was uh, from uh, Kansas. And we sat down, we, we wrote a law, and we just called it the Federal Food Donation Act. And in 2007, uh, I had some interns, high school, uh, junior, six, uh, 16-year-olds, <coughs> who called 430 Congress people and said, can you support an act that will feed the hungry in your state? Not one person said no. And in 2007, 
the State Food Donation Act. Uh, it was carried, by the way, by uh, one of our board members, a congresswoman named Joanne Emerson. Her late husband had written the Bill Emerson Good Samaritan Act in 1996 that we were active with. Joanne headed the Republicans, and a gentleman uh, by the name of Phil Shalero, who was the chief of staff for a very powerful Democrat named Henry Waxman, who was from Beverly Hills, California. And it passed unanimously in December 2007. Uh, I had already made arrangements through our uh, our uh, Senator Chuck Schumer, who we went to see, and he said, Sid, if you could get it passed in the House, and he knew it was a very contentious time. McCain was running against Obama. Everybody was on edge. We got it passed anyway. And then in uh, February of 2008, Chuck Schumer, along with Senator Menendez from uh, New Jersey, uh, Senator Luger from Indiana, Senator Sue Collins from Maine, uh, pushed it with the different senators. And in May of 2008, the Federal Food Donation Act passed uh, in the uh, Senate. And on June 18, 2008, uh, President uh, Bush signed it into law. Well, and, this is, uh, a gr- I just want to say, this is a great way to emphasize how a brainstorm in a local nonprofit organization became a national sensation, for lack of a better word. And it went on and on because in 2016, the Tennessee State Food Donation Act was uh, something that you helped create. And it, it updated and changed as you were going on. And that's what I emphasize all the time on this show. People think that you only vote in a presidential election. You only can talk to people that are in the same party. No, progress is made by the simplest of conversations, people gathering, loads of volunteers have very strong opinions. And when they go to organizations like yours, where you emphasized last week how one of the best things uh, you have developed is a social atmosphere two hours, three times a week for people. And look what you developed here. And as we know, hunger is certainly an issue today, but you certainly have done your part to update it and change it with the times. Thank you, Cindy. Tennessee uh, was the first state. Uh, and when we, we wrote the act, we actually wrote the federal act hoping to articulate it to all 50 states. I uh, did a keynote talk for the Tennessee School Board Association in uh, 2014. And I always talk about the uh, federal food law that we passed. Well, one of the school board members who was attending actually was also a state senator, came up to me afterwards and said, Sid, I want to pass this law in the state of Tennessee. I'm going to help you do it. And they did in two years. Uh, Tennessee became the first state 
to institute the State Food Donation Act, which, by the way, is all-encompassing food that is generated in excess from state colleges, from state prisons, from any state uh, uh, facility, state hospitals, cannot be thrown away. It must be looked upon as an asset to share with those in need where the state is located. And I'm really proud that in 2020, I introduced it through State Senator Todd Kaminsky. And uh, Todd ran it up to New York State. It didn't pass the first year, but the second year it passed. So New York State is now the second state to pass the uh, New York State Food Donation Act. And one of the caveats that uh, Todd put in was that there has to be a a carbon footprint component to the law, which we also had developed uh, back about 16 years ago. I'm I'm a scientist by training, both a geologist in the schools as well as a DNA and cancer specialist uh, in the medical field. And uh, we were able to uh, get how many pounds of food equals how much greenhouse gas is diverted when it's not put into landfill, but can feed the hungry. And uh, that law is taking effect in 2024. And we're very, very proud of that. You brought up something earlier about feminine products, which is near and dear to my heart. Uh, mainly because my wife and I raised three daughters, two sons also, but uh, feminine products are always near and dear to have in our homes. And it was also the number one asset that was asked by food pantries, by shelters. Other than food, they were in dire need of feminine products. And everywhere in this country, That's the number one thing that's asked for. New York State in uh, 2017 passed its own laws saying that feminine products must be made available to girls that are at risk in middle and high schools. Now, unfortunately, they never put any money connected to this. It was a concept. Well, Rock and Wrap It Up developed a program called Hannah's Project. Lindbrook Public Schools, Lindbrook High School, became the first school in New York State to supply feminine products that are kept in the girls' locker room. Girls do not have to ask a nurse. They don't have to ask a guidance counselor. Uh, the, uh, The state... Uh, the school government runs this program and uh, the uh, girls that uh, that officiate on it <laughs> excuse me buy a second box each month and put it in the girls locker room no one has to ask a word no one has to uh, feel a sense Arrest. of dignity issues it's just there and that's what Hannah's Project does. And we developed that as an offshoot of a project in colleges 
that we called Mardi Gras. And Mardi Gras was started 10 years ago by one of our big uh, supporters, Sharon Osborne. And we did a big fundraiser in L.A. And Sharon uh, had over 200 uh, women come. And admission were two boxes. Uh, and uh, it was just a great night. And we called it Mardi Gras because it was the night of Mardi Gras. And you had to come dressed in your most fancy bra. And that's what that's women did. It was only women that attended. So a couple of men came. It was mainly women. And uh, they they wore beautiful skirts and the most fancy bras. And that's how uh, it, it was launched. You are listening to the Jewess Patriot with Cindy Gross. I am your American Patriot DJ. I want us to put a little pen in it right here. Let's take a short time out. And we'll get back to this conversation in just a moment right after this commercial. Hang on with us. I'm Brian Schultz, founder of the Freshwater Pro Company. I created the company to honor my mom's legacy and her 19-year journey with breast cancer. I watched all the support she needed along her journey, and it was on my heart to find a way to give back and support other women and families experiencing breast cancer as well. Giving back is a big part of what we do. We donate 2% of our gross online sales to support many nonprofit organizations like Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, the American Cancer Society, and Runway for Recovery, to name a few. To help support our mission of giving back, please keep the Freshwater Pro Company in mind this month when you need a gift for a friend, family, or loved one. We have many pieces on sale this month and have also curated a number of prepackaged combo sets and gift ideas. We have packages made from our most popular pearl types, ranging from Baroque freshwater pearls to coin pearls, as well as our unique and stylish Keshi pearls for all types of budgets and design. You can shop our combo packages and gift ideas at thefreshwaterprocompany.com. Thank you for supporting both our mission and our business. Welcome you back in to the Jewess Patriot with Cindy Gross on Long Island's WGBB in the tri-state area. That's New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. Cindy, back to you. Take it away. Well, I have to tell you, you are a think tank all in of itself, but it doesn't hurt that you have made yourself a friend to celebrities, politicians, uh, business owners, uh, small restaurant owners, you name it, you have connections to them all. And you also think ahead and you, you talk to everybody. So you get an idea what people are thinking about. And I'm very happy. I think we are the first. I think we're going to get the first exclusive discussion publicly, at least about a very important project you would like to work on in the future. And we'll love support from listeners and followers. And it's something that you think that relates to some of the most important topics we're talking about today, including uh, migrants, taxes, uh, you know, the economy, safety, and uh, helping with um, some uh, climate culture as well. 
tell us a little bit about, I think you're calling it, at least the draft of it was reducing society's carbon footprint and uh, the Tax Capture Act. If I'm not mistaken, I believe that's what you're thinking about calling it. And tell us what it is about. Thank you, Cindy. Well, the, the Tax Capture Act came about about uh, eight or nine years ago when I uh, was meeting with Congresswoman Kathleen Rice about ways that we could get more funding to fight poverty in our congressional district. Kathleen did not run for office again. And um, we uh, we now have a new uh, carrier, uh, Anthony D'Esposito, uh, has... Uh, will support this act. And what it is is very simple. Right now, there is an underground business culture in this country. Over $3 trillion are earned and taxes are not taking off of this money. We now know since 2006 Actually, a little bit earlier, uh, around the time, sadly, of 9-11, we as a country have put into place a uh, speed bump that if you are sending money overseas, it cannot go to terrorist organizations. And we already have scrutiny of all transactions that are sent overseas. My uh, vision is that we now do the same for all funds that are sent overseas that you cannot prove that you pay taxes on it. It'll do a couple of things. First, it will, uh, in the, on the macro level, it's a way of capturing monies to replace monies that cities and states uh, and federal governments are paying out for the services for migrants and all others that are not uh, that are that, that are being helped by our government if people are coming here from overseas I think your listeners may or may not know this migrants do not have a pathway of becoming citizens cannot become citizens if they come here illegally. But they could work here and send money back to their countries. And uh, that being the case, we want to make sure that the monies that are being sent overseas will have taxes taken off, and those taxes will go to government. So, uh, we we hear every day Mayor Adams uh, is uh, in in a dither, and that's a good word for it, as you hear him speak, about not being able to afford the services that are being uh, put on them for migrants. And why should that money come from the federal government if people are working in New York City, sending that money overseas, and taxes for the city are not taken out. Mm-hmm. It's just a great way of monies to come back to the city. And uh, Governor Hochul uh, has uh, her hands full 
with uh, migrants. And I'm not passing any judgment. I, I personally, it's not my thing to comment on. But like I do with all of my people that we feed, if people are here, I got to feed them. I'm not letting anyone starve to death. And I feel the same way about services that are needed. <clears throat> so if we can get state taxes taken out and sent to New York State, that is a simple way of making sure that there is funding for services for all people. And on the federal level, we need to be able to do things like vaccinations. We know that uh, people that are coming here that do not have health records, we need to make sure that we're protecting Americans by at least having vaccinations in place. And that's always been done on a federal level. I have to tell you, I'm listening to you and discussing, and I have to tell my audience, I've been hearing Sid discuss this. He is so determined to make this happen. And he is not letting up on this. And it is really important for people to understand this is not a political issue. It's a common sense issue because it's going to help people who are living here paying taxes. And it's going to help migrants because they, like you heard, it's going to overlap with their food, with their supply. And it's going to give them some credibility here a little bit while saving the taxpayers' money. Uh, where do you see, I know you said uh, Anthony D'Esposito is involved, but we have a national uh, audience. And how can our audience get involved with their congressman about this? How can they find out more about the act so they can actually share it with those sitting in Congress right now? They could email Sid Mandelbaum at att.net. They could visit www.rockandwrapitup.org. Reach out to us and we will send you this draft that can be uh, presented to your uh, state and federal people. Uh, It's going to need the support of the entire state. Uh, Anthony Esposito or whoever else is going to do this is going to need the help of all of the resources that are currently in place to scrutinize funds so they don't go to terrorism. It would be the same office, probably a arm of the IRS would be put into place to do the scrutiny. And it's something that uh, is, is not difficult to do when you realize that monies that are sent overseas are sent from only certain places, Western Union, uh, certain banks uh, have the uh, the providence to do this. So we're not asking to reinvent the wheel. We're asking for additional scrutiny. And the funds are taken out at the same place that they are deposited to be sent overseas. So it would be Western Union. It would be the banks that would capture these funds. And again, I don't want them sent to the federal government without state and city taxes taken out of them. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it, this is what we do as Americans. No one loves paying taxes, but we all pay them. Correct. And that being the case, uh, why should people be given a free ride when the rest of us have to do what is a providence of the state that they're living in? You know what? I, I can't think of anybody who would disagree with what you just said. I really can. And we are, we are running out of time. You could sit and talk for hours here, and you are welcome back anytime you want. Just give us a little update. Are there any upcoming events that you you know you are planning right now, and that our audience should know about? Yes, uh, on November twelfth uh, at the Lawrence Country Club, uh, the American Legion posts Lawrence Cedarhurst post three three nine, of which I am. Commander, in which I would like to give it up, but nobody else wants it. Uh, we're going to be celebrating our hundredth anniversary as a post. The post yeah. started in nineteen twenty-three. We have a very, very long history of fabulous people that have been in the post, and we'd love your audience to come and celebrate with us. We uh, will update them as more information will- comes out. Thank you so much, Cindy. Again, Sid Mandelbaum, rock and wrap it up. A true local, state, national hero. And if you ever get inspired to think about volunteering, this is the person you should Google and follow for uh, mentoring because he really knows how to bring together people from all over and make a lot of things happen with a wide range of arenas. And he manages to find the sources to make things work. Thank you, Sid, for joining the Jewess Patriot. Thank you so much. And have a great day. Happy and healthy New Year to all of you listeners who partake. Thank you. Welcome back. My next pearls of wisdom are very personal to me because I am always asked by so many of our followers who are not as religious as me or are not Jewish, what goes on in September because there were so many holidays and that in several states, including New York, we currently have the days of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur off. So I want to talk to you about things that you might not know about this beautiful holiday It really is the birth of the universe. It's a 10-day period of uh, our new year that culminates with the Day of Atonement Yom Kippur. It's a day God created Adam and Eve. And it is observed by blowing the ram's horn or shofar on both mornings of the holiday in fact, if you see now, many people are blowing it the month before the holiday. And it's blown every day but Shabbat. 
And you see a lot of people eat traditionally round challah, many with raisins for a sweet year, and dipping it in honey or apples. But we also do a lot of other things. We we have a seder or an order plate with so many things on it that include things like leeks, apples. It includes carrots, beets. It includes leeks, dates, and a fish head. And many of you ask what this is, and that is called sinamin, which means we eat these foods in hopes of a blessed, sweet, and fruitful year. We even eat, like many of our black friends, uh, black IPs because of the numbers of mitzvahs and the idea of good luck. And that also is why we eat pomegranate because a pomegranate has so many seeds, 613, like the mitzvahs or the good deeds we are supposed to follow. So it's also a great time where a lot of people look for recipes like briskets. And we all know how popular briskets are. Or this month, a lot of people eat things like sweet and sour meatballs, a Jewish way, or a stuffed cabbage. Cabbage is stuffed with meat and rice, and that's especially appropriate at the end of these holidays with some chatora. We eat a lot of things that are um, very uh, full meals with multi-courses like apple cakes and we have chilled fruit soups in if it's warm in the sukkah that relate to all these things with harvest. We look for fruitful. That's a very big word for us, fruitful. Fruitful as in family, fruitful as in a good living, fruitful as in good health. And you know what? Fruitful is a very good word for all of us, Jews and non-Jews. I'm asking you to join me for a different fruitful this year, and that is the fruitful of collaboration, Jews and non-Jews around the world, common sense people looking for peace and a quality of life that we want to achieve. Because it doesn't matter what political party you're in, and I say this all the time. I hear it every single day. People are fearful. So instead of being fearful, let's be fruitful. I'm Brian Schultz, founder of the Freshwater Pearl Company. I created the company to honor my mom's legacy and her 19-year journey with breast cancer. I watched all the support she needed along her journey, and it was on my heart to find a way to give back and support other women and families experiencing breast cancer as well. Giving back is a big part of what we do. We donate 2% of our gross online sales to support many nonprofit organizations like Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, the American Cancer Society, and Runway for Recovery, to name a few. To help support our mission of giving back, please keep the Freshwater Pro Company in mind this month when you need a gift for a friend, family, or loved one. We have many pieces on sale this month and have also curated a number of prepackaged combo sets and gift ideas. We have packages made from our most popular pearl types, ranging from Baroque freshwater pearls to coin pearls, as well as our unique and stylish Keshi pearls for all types of budgets and designs. You can shop our combo packages and gift ideas at thefreshwaterpearlcompany.com. Thank you for supporting both our mission and our business.
just another fantastic episode of the Jewess Patriot with Cindy Gross. Welcome back into the program. Remember, you don't have to be Jewish to be with Cindy Gross. I'm your American Patriot DJ Drew Schultz, and we're going to leave you today on the eve of the anniversary as we remember September 11th. We broadcast this here on the 10th of September. Tomorrow, September 11th is going to mark. I mean, can you believe this? I mean, where were you on that day in 2001? 22 years ago, the attacks on 9-11. And I just, I fear we're forgetting what happened that day. And that that troubles me. It's a question so many of us have repeated over the past two decades. It's a way to relate to one another as we reflect on the day of one of the most horrific attacks on the American people in U.S. history, September 11th, 2001. Where were you on 9-11? I remember vividly, seventh grade, home mech class, and our day stopped. Every class I went to the rest of the day, our eyes, ears glued to the TV. I know, you know, where many other Americans uh, were, you know, and will be, you know, this September 11th, we're going to remember with friends and loved ones. We're going to listen in the names of the heroes spoken at memorials everywhere. And as I leave you today, as we leave you today, I want to play a song because uh, that's, that's my gig. That's my job on this show. American Patriot DJ. I want to play a song for you courtesy of Alan Jackson, because he wrote a song. uh, It's called, and I think everyone should know it by now, When the World Stopped. And this is a, a song, it's a reminder that we were the lucky ones. But if we don't teach the facts to our students, boy, this song, it could be very, very much different next time. So I'm going to set it up. And we're going to play the version that that came from the CMA Awards back in 2001, just, just right after these attacks. What a tribute. We leave you with that on the Jewess Patriot Show. Tonight, Alan Jackson is a nominee for four of tonight's awards. And the songs that he writes, always tell it like it is. Simple truths that come from his heart. When he went went to bed uh, late last week, he couldn't sleep because of an idea that he had for this song. It kept running through his head. So early in the morning, he got up and he wrote this song, and we're honored that he chose to do it for the first time in front of anybody. Please welcome Mr. Alan Jackson. Did you weep for the children who lost their dear loved ones? 
Pray for the ones who don't know Did you rejoice for the people Who walked from the rubble And sob for the ones left below Did you burst out in pride For the red, white, and blue The heroes who died Just doing what they do Did you look up to heaven For some kind of answer And look at yourself what really matters I'm just a singer of simple songs I'm not a real political man I watch CNN but I'm not sure I can tell you the difference in Iraq and Iran but I know Jesus and I talk to God and I remember this from when I was young Faith, hope, and love are some good things he gave us, and the greatest is love. Where were you when the world stopped turning that September day? Teaching a class full of innocent children, driving down some cold interstate. Did you feel guilty cause you're a survivor? In a crowded room, did you feel alone? Did you call up your mother and tell her you loved her? Did you dust off that Bible at home? Did you open your eyes and hope it never happened? Close your eyes and not go to sleep. Did you notice the sunset? First time in ages Speak to some stranger on the street Did you lay down at night and Think of tomorrow Go out and buy you a gun Did you turn off that violent old movie you're watching and Turn on I Love Lucy reruns Did you go to a church And hold hands with some stranger Stand in line and give your own blood did you just stay home and cling tight to your family? Thank God you had somebody to love. I'm just a singer of simple songs. I'm not a real political man. I watch CNN, but I'm not sure I can tell you the difference in Iraq and Iran. But I know Jesus and I talk to God And I remember this from when I was young Faith, hope, and love are some good things He gave us And the greatest is love I'm just a singer of simple songs I'm not a real political man I watch CNN But I'm not sure I can tell you difference in Iraq and Iran But I know Jesus and I talk to God And I remember this from when I was young Faith, hope, and love are some good things He gave us And the greatest is love The greatest is love The greatest is love Where were you when the world stopped turning that September?
This is Cindy Gross, the Jewess Patriot. I look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks for watching the Jewish Patriot Show with Talk Radio's premier Jewish activist, Cindy Gross. Be sure to download Cindy's next program, as well as previous ones, available internationally on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and in Israel on Jewish Podcasts. See you next time on the Jewish Patriot Show. <laughs>